Microsoft's got a new version of Office, a new version of Windows, and Xbox hardware. It's still selling out. Happy Friday, friends. It has been, uh, it's been a fairly busy week. Microsoft announced a couple big things for Windows and Office. They also announced some new Xbox hardware that is already selling out, and there's just a lot going on. And we are about eh, two weeks away or something like that, maybe a little less than that, from Microsoft's second iteration of Ignite, which is happening March 2nd through the 4th, which will bring a lot of news with it as well. And so hopefully you're having a good Friday, because let's just dive on in to the news. Okay, first things up, Microsoft announced Windows 21H1, and that is now rolling out to beta insiders and you might be asking brad but what is what is new in that release well fortunately or unfortunately depending on which side of the coin you're on not a lot uh realistically it's some windows hello camera updates and some other minor security features but realistically what this is is a bunch of software patching and, and stability fixes and i'm perfectly okay with that i have no issues with this release none zero this is the way i think it should be done um and really if you're running a newer version of windows 10 i believe the last two releases when this installs it's going to feel more like a patch tuesday rather than like a new build um if you are running an older version of like, like two years or beyond older version of windows 10 it will look more like a traditional windows 10 sort of refresh and update uh, experience but it it kind of feels like microsoft has has fully moved to that one major update uh for windows 10 per year and i believe this is the second year in a row where the spring release is just kind of like a meh and it's just more of it's really quiet it's soft it doesn't come with a big loud bang it just kind of happens and i'm I think that's okay. I think that's the model that we've all wanted, where there's just one big update, because it looks like the fall release with Sun Valley, we're going to see some more features, and I think more specifically some UI updates in the fall, which is going to be a good thing. Uh, also keep in mind that if you are in, in the corporate world running 21, or and plan on installing this, you only get 18 months of servicing. So most people are going to stick to the fall release, where you will get 30 months of servicing, and that's, that's support for people who don't know the servicing terminology. Anyways, this is rolling out now to Beta Insiders. Look for it to arrive in the first half of 21H1. They haven't given us a specific date, but the fact that it's with beta testers means it should be sooner rather than later. But again, I don't think there's any reason to go out and try to find or like force this on your machine because you're not you're not gaining a whole lot of functionality uh, unless you are in a very specific uh, user. Uh, Microsoft this week also announced, or I should say, I almost said Windows, Office 2021. So we've got a new version of Windows. Now we've got a new version version of what I believe known as Perpetual Office. This is the version of Office where you can just go buy it and pay one licensing fee for per user, and then you don't have to pay anything per month, nothing per year. It's just one-time fee, one-time transaction. They're like the, the old legacy or traditional way of buying software. Uh, this is Office 2021. It'll be arriving later this year. Microsoft targets this at very specific specifically like, typically smaller businesses uh, are who they think should be buying this. They don't think it's a large enterprise play. They definitely want to keep making it available because people are paying for it. It is expensive, a couple hundred dollars per license. But again, if you don't want to be paying per month per user, this is one way to go about that. And there's certain scenarios where people just prefer this model, right? It's a one-time transaction. You don't have to budget for it um, each month. And so if you are in that bucket, look for Office 2021 arriving this fall. It is basically just a slice of where office 365 is and office 365 is just that perpetual or not or 
not perpetual, that frequently updated versions of the apps that you already use that you pay monthly for. So you're going to get features like XLOOKUP uh, are now going to be included the, in the perpetual version of Office. Microsoft also is making some pretty significant changes to the long-term servicing channel for both Office and for Windows. Now, they announced this um, right when the Mars rover was landing, which I was watching, which congratulations to NASA. I meant to kick this podcast off with that uh, because Perseverance is now on the surface of Mars and hopefully is going to find some um, Mars water that we can all drink one day. Um, either way, LTSC, the long-term servicing channel up, model is being updated. Previously, Microsoft was uh, servicing those branches of Windows and Office for 10 years, and that is being cut in half. And now it's only going to be serviced for five years. Five years. That, that's, that's a pretty big change. Now, if you're not familiar with LTSC, LTSC is a branch of Office and for Windows that is designed for um, sort of like offline equipment. Think of like uh, like medical equipment or like manufacturing equipment or things, generally speaking, that are not plugged into the Internet or that's the way that Microsoft kind of kind of looks at it, roughly speaking, because it doesn't get all the frequent patching and updating as, like, say, a more traditional install of Office or Office 365. It's designed for those environments that are low touch points that you basically just you need Windows, but you don't really use Windows. Microsoft will put you on the naughty list very quick if they find out you're using LTSC for workstations or people who are using this stuff on a daily basis because it's not designed for that. And so Microsoft is cutting the 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 servicing life, life, lifetime from 10 years to five years, which is pretty dramatic because that's obviously cutting in half. That being said, you're still now going to be required to update these devices once every five years. It's still not that big of a deal, but I think this is Microsoft further pushing, you know, gently pushing people like, hey, don't really be running LTSC. Um, so anyways, uh, just be on the lookout five years instead of 10. Uh, Microsoft Mesh, by the way, Microsoft Mesh, this leaked uh, courtesy of our friend Walking Cat, who I believe found an Ignite session that was posted online. Um, so look for this more than likely next week or the week after. Uh, Microsoft Mesh, so what is it? It looks like it's a new developer platform for building AR and VR apps that are not tied to a specific uh, type of device, meaning you could use this platform based on the description that I've read, I will learn more here hopefully in the next couple of weeks, is that you could build an AR VR experience that works in conjunction or at the same time on an Android device, an iPhone, uh, a Windows PC, win Windows Mixed Reality, and HoloLens all at the same time. So all these different people could be interacting with the same AR VR experience but not be tied to the same piece of hardware. So it looks like that might be what they are going to be announcing here. It looks pretty interesting, especially if you're in the AR VR space. Microsoft is trying to build like a common framework uh, on their platforms, at least, that would allow you to utilize all these tools on all the various platforms to make it easier to build AR VR applications. And the reasons for that's obvious. Microsoft wants to own the developer tooling uh, that developers are using to build next generation experiences. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Microsoft Edge also announced a couple new things. They announced a new kids mode, which would be pretty cool if you have kids, you the internet help keep them a little bit safer and, and more uh, isolated from some of the <laughs> craziness that is out there but also adaptive notifications so notifications the microsoft i believe overcorrected it used to be just kind of like they were buried um, and then now they're going to show like adaptive notifications based on what the general population is doing with notifications and so uh it, it's just going to be a smarter way to surface this content when they think it's appropriate i personally turn off all website notifications i just i don't like them um, i know there's a lot of people like that and so just it's another feature the interesting thing to think about is how quickly microsoft has been iterating with edge the new version of edge not the version that they're um, getting rid of uh next month the new version of edge based on chromium has been updated very quickly with like password manager features just tons of stuff and you think about it if they were still running the old legacy version of edge there's no way they would be iterating this quickly and it, it emphasizes the fact of why they went down this route and so just 
just be on the lookout for that for that update coming down. Uh, Microsoft also is pushing. I believe this is they said they're going to be their final update, at least for now. It might just be final one, but we all know how those files work, where you end up with file one version final two dot three dot four. But anyways, they said uh, customer data was not accessed in the Solari Gate attack. That is their official statement now, and uh, they're trying to put that to bed, at least from their vulnerability perspective. Uh, other things happening within the ecosystem. Google announced the first preview of Android 12. I, I love how Google has just stopped caring about announcing Android, uh, like major versions. Like they just ship it out. They're like, whatever, here it is. Like we don't need an event. Um, they do eventually hold typically IO where they will talk about some of the new stuff coming. Um, but they, they love to get these previews out and they don't do it with much fanfare. And there you go. Uh, Intel also has its new CEO, Pat, uh, who was a longtime employee, then went to VMware, EMC, whatever that mashup was, uh, and is now back at Intel and he has started and we will be looking forward to seeing what he does and how he makes his impression on the aging chip giant as they combat uh, the world of ARM and the world of, of M1 chips and everything else that is happening at AMD. Uh, so a lot going on. Uh, in the gaming world this week, we had a bit of uh, the narrative being completed, if you will. If you remember a few weeks back, I did a whole breakdown of uh, what the Fall Guys thing on Instagram really meant. If you remember Instagram, an Xbox member said, yeah, Fall Guys is coming. Now, they did say to Game Pass, uh, but it was officially announced this week that Fall Guys will be coming to the Xbox platform, but not the Game Pass. So uh, there you go. The narrative is complete. Xbox people who commented on it weren't completely wrong. And then when the developers of Fall Guys said, no, we're not coming to Game Pass, weren't completely wrong either. And as always, the truth is pretty much right where we thought it was that Fall Guys is coming to Xbox, just not a part of Game Pass and look for that to arrive this summer. Uh, Microsoft also made quite a bit of wave in the industry with their new $99 headset. And summing this up, it's basically everything you want in a headset, but for 99 bucks, but we don't know uh, the, the build quality, right? Microsoft has a pretty shaky history with some peripherals and build quality. Uh, we also don't know the audio quality. So those are the two big outliers right now that are impossible to know based on the press releases and images, uh, but we should know soon enough. That being said, if you do want to buy one of these things, you might want to start looking really quick because the Microsoft store, I believe, is completely sold out. Now, I have heard people saying that they have been able to find them at Best Buy and occasionally on Amazon, uh, but for 100 bucks, this looks like it's going to be a really good headset for the next for, for the next generation Xboxes, um, and so be on the lookout for that. Microsoft also announced F FPS Boost, which is just taking those legacy titles, or, or backwards compatible titles, I should say, and giving them more frames per second, anywhere from anywhere from doubling to quadrupling them, depending on the title. We've got a, a handful of titles uh, now supporting that, and so they're going to push out an official update we'll, that will just add a badge. Um, I believe Jason Ronald said that some of the titles are already like experiencing this, so if you have them uh, in your Game Pass catalog, you can go, woo, you can go play them, and... Uh, you'll experience the frame rate. You just won't see the icon to let you know. Um, Flight Simulator uh, update also brings visual enhancements to UK and Ireland. If you've been flying around and, and you've been disappointed by what you're seeing, I think it's kind of hard to believe that. Uh, but anyways, the visuals have been up, updated and enhanced there, and Flight Simulator continues to be just a good, fun, casual game, at least for me, to go fly around. All right. We are going to dive into the questions of the week, just a handful this week. So let's just dive in here. Tourniquet says, hey, Brad, I'm pretty interested to know what's going on with Windows 10 Iron. 2279 was supposed to be RTM for 10X, HoloLens server in December. Now we are in February and we're still getting new compiles. As far as I know, we have not had something like this happen in the whole history of Windows 10 development, even from uh, 16299. 
1.5. Could it be that the, this is the new case of Windows management is looking for more quality instead of rushing out a new release? Do you have some more insight on this? So yeah, so what he's talking about is the Iron release, which is a code name for the next iteration of Windows, has been a little bit different than we have seen in the past. My interpretation of this is that they are not rushing to hit deadlines because mostly because they're artificial anyways. Uh, right now, Windows 10X, it exists because Microsoft has announced it exists and they've barely shown off any parts of it, but we know that it's coming, but we don't have an official release date. We don't even know. We, we, I'm pretty sure it's coming OEMs first, so it's not really a public release. And it looks like this could be potentially part of Panos's um, new development model. Remember, they're switching, I believe, from uh, Waterfall to Agile, and that might be part of, playing a part of this as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, Mr. PKI says, the new Xbox wireless headsets are already sold out. Any chance uh, you are in an early reviewer or just embargoed on sharing or whatever there is? So I'm not under embargo. Microsoft, I can't imagine why. It doesn't give me any much Xbox embargo stuff anymore. Um, anyway, so I do have, but I do have a pair of these headphones coming my way. I don't know if I will get them early, uh, but they are definitely coming my way. And so uh, at least on March 16th, I will be able to you know, start doing a review of them. And so, yes, in some capacity. Uh, Jeff Akar, uh, hey, oh, he says, this is Joe. All right, we'll go with Joe. Curious, what do you think of Sony and Microsoft always seem to use AMD in their consoles and neither picked NVIDIA? Is it that NVIDIA has just been uh, able or inclined to deliver it at cost or unable to deliver it at cost. Um, so a couple things here on that. The primary reason they go with AMD, especially on the Microsoft side, is that's who built their previous generation stuff. And so it's a lot easier for them to uh, work on backwards compatibility. And they have a known relationship with AMD, especially in their custom silicon division. And so they've it's more of just like the heritage that, hey, we use them for the original stuff. And, and as we move along, it's easier. Did they use them for the original stuff? Anyways, um, as they move along, uh, it's easier to work in backwards compatibility because you're working with the same engineers who have the same blueprints, who have the same everything. And it's just an easier process. It's not to say that they could not use NVIDIA, but Sony, I mean, Sony even developed their own processor at one point to sell. Uh, was that with in cooperation with Panasonic? I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, anyways, and so th they go with AMD because AMD clearly has the workflow that works for them. And that is why. It's not that Intel and NVIDIA are bad. It's just that when you have the complete solution in-house, it's typically easier to work. And obviously, Microsoft has made that decision, and they continue to run that path. Uh, he also says, have you heard anything about Microsoft investing in C++ for Azure SDKs? Well, that's uh, that was a little up here for me. Uh, it seems to be a low priority for them, which makes some IoT development on the that relies on C or C++ a bit challenging to do with Azure. Honestly, I, that, that's one I would have to punt because that is not my specialty. Uh, I, I could not comment intelligently too much about the investments of C++ into the Azure SDKs. Uh, what do you think the main focus in terms of Microsoft technology reveal at build will be this year? Uh, that's a good question. So there's going to be, I, I think, a lot potentially this this mesh that we talked about previously might be a big component. I'll be very curious to see if they start talking about the developer narrative for Windows 10X, right? Remember Windows 10X, despite the fact that they haven't really kind of like fully unveiled it to us yet, there needs to be a developer story to tell developers how to build 
applications and services and models for that. Now, they might just come out and say, hey, look, uh, all your PWAs and all your web apps just kind of work, and maybe that's the narrative they're going to run with. Uh, but the things I'm going to be looking for at Build are potentially related to Project Reunion. Uh, how is that project coming along? It looks like some aspects of it already been delayed a little bit. Uh, I'm going to continue to be watching what is the true story for the next generation Microsoft Store, like what is going on with that, and what is the future of PWAs? Is Microsoft making any further commitments, or are they just all Project Reunion is really it in the you know the true uh, or UWP not PWAs uh, UWPs? What is the future if there really is anything, or what's the store model there? So. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, NGC says, can you, can Microsoft, not you, can Microsoft present me from eventually installing Windows 10X on my Duo? Can, um, that, ooh, that's a great question because Windows 10X can eventually be able to run on ARM. Um, and theoretically speaking, you could get it running up on a Snapdragon chip to 855 in there. Is there anything preventing you? Um, I, I think if you have enough know-how, you could probably make it work. Is it going to be easy to do? Pro I mean, it's not like you can just plug in something in, into the USB, USB Type-C uh, port and just make it work. And you won't be able to just download it onto that device, um, mostly because it's it, it would require a significant amount of work. But hey, if you can make it happen, I don't think there's anything like legally that would stop you from tinkering uh, around with that. And then wrapping it up uh, with Marshalltum, uh, it says, you and Paul have spoken about the pros and cons of Android apps on Windows and all the requirements of the Google Play Store. What do you think the likelihood is that they take a half step and work with Amazon ooh, and their Android store and use that for the Fire Tablet, Fire TV Sticks, and of course Windows? Uh, while there are fewer apps in the Amazon store, both companies would be in, uh, would have significant interest in that. That's a really interesting idea. So here's, here's what's going on. Microsoft and Google are, are talking it out right now about bringing Android apps to the Windows desktop. Now, there's a lot of things we've dove into before. I'm not going to you know, pick that apart, but this is the interesting model here because he's saying, what if they went to Amazon? Now, Amazon is a, a separate store from the Google Play Store. And so Amazon has been working to populate that and they have it on their certain devices. It might be a really interesting experience because then Amazon and Microsoft will be teaming up and that's a lot more devices than just say the Amazon store. Now, they'd probably want to rebrand it from the Amazon store uh, or whatever they call it there, the Fire Store. But it's an interesting approach. I, I, I like this idea. I really do because it sort of it negates that middle awkwardness of having Google control the apps on the Windows in the Windows experience. And Amazon clearly has a very big market or very, very big demographic and deep pockets for that matter. I mean, if Microsoft and Amazon are trying to get people into that store, it really could create a third store for or a second store, I should say, for Google apps and services outside of Google Play. That would be a very interesting model. Uh, it's a really interesting thought. Really interesting. That might dive into that a little deeper. So anyways, guys, uh, that wraps it up for this week. As always, very much appreciate the questions, the best part of the week. And uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't. We just crossed 40,000, I think, on this channel. So uh, as always, keep it here because the only BS on this channel is me.